Hello, happy Monday and welcome back, beautiful soul, to the Your Soulful Goddess podcast. My name is Safa and I am your host. I am an intuitive life coach and I help soulful women reclaim their intuitive and expansive self by awakening their divine feminine so that they may gain the quality of life they desire. And this show is all about the many different ways in which we can heal, grow, and fully step into our true potentials and power. This is a safe space and we explore many different types of tools and techniques with which we can heal our lives and become empowered and we also dispel a lot of misunderstandings around topics like tarot which is what my beautiful guest and i are going to be talking about today now if you tuned in for season one you're familiar with my guest already her name is samantha johnson and she is an absolute sweetheart i love her so much she's got so much wonderful energy and insight and she is going to help us demystify tarot here in just a little bit but before we immerse ourselves in the world of tarot which i love so so much i want to once again extend a joyful invitation for you to join me in conversation about intuition in the many ways it can help you become decisive, laser focused, empowered in your relationships, confident, and so much more as I host an intuitive party on April 20th, 2021 at 6pm Central Standard Time. You may have already heard me talking about that last week, but again, I want to invite you because that's tomorrow. <laughs> the event is tomorrow. I don't want you to miss out. It's going to be an amazing conversation. It's totally free, and I'm even giving away some free goodies. So if you join, there's a possibility that you'll get a beautiful crystal necklace from me, plus a 30-minute one-on-one consultation with me, and another person, a person, that's for three people, and a person is going to get an extra, extra goodie. So just so much good stuff going on tomorrow. I can't wait. Again, we're going to talk all things intuition and how it can save your life, what it is, what it isn't and get some free goodies at the end of the call. So if you want details on that, email me info at yoursoulfulgoddess.com. You can also go to the link on my Instagram. It's under the title intuitive party. That way you can sign up there if that feels more comfortable for you. Either way, I want you to join me. It's going to be fabulous. Okay, so anyway... On to our wonderful guest, Sam Johnson, teaches women how to tap into and magnify that magic that's already inside of them through all things spiritual and witchy. Her goal is to make spirituality accessible, fun, and applicable to real life. Through her training as a Reiki master, experience as a corporate marketing editor, and forever fascination slash obsession with the moon, she's brought her experience and passion together to become a spiritual mentor and teacher. Sam is an absolute powerhouse, and I'm so excited. So let's just go ahead and get started with our episode today. Enjoy. All right, Sam, welcome back to the now called Your Soulful Goddess podcast. It's so good to have you back. So glad to be back here. <laughs> so give us a little bit of a quick recap about who you are, just in case the listeners, you know, this is the first time tuning in, and um, then we can get rolling onto all, all good things. Okay, so I, the best way I describe myself is a professional witch. I feel like that kind of encompasses everything. I have a monthly membership called Cosmic Babes, where we focus on different aspects of witchcraft every month that is centered around the different moon phases. I do tarot readings, um, and those are kind of like the main things that I do for my business. Personally, I got into witchcraft more recently. In like the last few years, I was actually raised with a mom who was into witchcraft and spiritual things. And in my early 20s, I had kind of lost sight of that a little bit. And some traumatic incidents brought me back around to my spirituality. Um, so that is where I am now. 
I love it. And those of you who have not listened to the first episode where she was on on season one, go ahead and give it a listen. It's so good. We talk about so much really rich stuff, everything from moon energy to our own experiences with the divine feminine and our own understanding of our bodies and, you know, our dis, you know, discommunication or disrelationship, if that is a word, I'm going to make it a word today uh, <laughs> with food and self and all of that. So super good. But today, Sam is here to talk to us all things tarot which is one of my favorite topics and for sure one of your favorite topics and i'm just going to go ahead as ahead us oh my gosh ahead and get <laughs> with like the biggest thing right what is to your perception one of the biggest misconceptions around tarot oh that's a good one um there are a few i would say probably the biggest one is that when you're practicing tarot you're inviting spirits in kind of like with a Ouija board. So there's the misconception that if you're, you know, using tarot cards, maybe the devil could come through and speak to you or demons or something like that. And that is just not the case. I like to tell people that tarot is just a way to communicate with your higher self, with your guides, if you choose to. Um, it's not like this portal, really. <laughs> They're a way for you to get in touch with your soul, basically. And they ask you questions so that you can better reflect and move forward with more alignment with yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I love that on so many different levels. So firstly, to the beginning of the season, actually, Hannah Moon, who, you know, was oh, yeah. on the show, and she was talking to us all about the aspects of spirituality and how a lot of them have been misunderstood. And so we got really deep into that witchy realm, right? The other thing I like about this is the clarification, and this has shown up in a couple of different ways, but specifically in this space of tarot is a very much a tool that we can use for self-introspection, self-growth and self-healing, and much more so in fact than it is like let's call it a quote-unquote predictor for the future i think to me that's one of the other big ones is that everyone thinks oh the tarot is going to tell me exactly what my future is going to be like and there's no way around it etc um so i guess what would your advice be for people who are curious on top of okay number one the devil is not going to possess you this isn't a doorway <laughs> <laughs> and then number two it's not going to predict but what can we tell people about tarot Oh my gosh. Well, first I, I do want to address you talking about the prediction because that I get so many readings booked through my website of, you know, can you tell me the first letter of the, the man that I'm going to marry's name and <laughs> that kind of thing. And I always have mm -hmm. to email these people back <laughs> and say like, this isn't how it works. This is what I can do. You know, you can't read into somebody's energy without their permission. So I'll have women, you know, can you tell me what's going on with my boyfriend? Like, what does he think of our relationship? And I'm like, I can't ethically tell you those things. Um, so yeah, tarot does not predict the future. And I'm sorry, I got really into that. And what was the question that you asked? <laughs> 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 totally get it. There's points of like awareness that for each of us are going to be heightened. And yeah, that's one for you. I totally get why. So the question was, um, what can we tell people about tarot? Okay, right. Yeah. So tarot, like you said, it's a really great tool. And that's how I use it for introspection and for questioning. So what you can do is ask, like, ask tarot to help you make decisions and to help guide you. And one of the things too, that's funny about tarot is that oftentimes it will reflect back to you things that you already know, but that you just need like clarification or like, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? <clears throat> Not solidarity, but you need somebody to tell you, yeah, you're right. Like listen to your intuition. So one of the things that tarot can help you do is to really trust yourself Right. If you're doing a spread on, say, a potential job, like, would this be a good job for me? Does this feel like it's on my right path? And a lot of times Tara will call you out on things maybe that you need to work on within yourself or it will reflect back to you what you already knew in your heart. And a lot of times when I'm doing readings for people and I send videos back to them, I'll say like, okay, this is a question that's coming up for me to ask you. So as you're listening to this video, I want you to ask yourself, you know, what do I want to be with this person or do I want to break up with them? And what's your immediate response? And a lot of times, like it just takes somebody else 
helping you to work through those things, or it can take, you know, cards <laughs> helping you to work through those things to really be able to trust yourself and to trust your gut intuition. So a lot of times when I have people getting readings from me, I'm telling them things they already know, right? But they just need somebody else to confirm. That's the word I was looking for, to confirm that back to them, that they are able to trust their intuition. And the other thing that tarot can really do is to call you out on your BS. Also, if you need to be called mm -hmm. out and it's funny, I'll sometimes I'll do a reading for myself and I'll pull a card and I'm like, mm, don't really like that one. Going to put it back <laughs> and I'll pull the exact same card mm -hmm. or, you know, I'll reshuffle and it'll be a card with like a very similar meaning or even like a meaner one, you know, <laughs> in quotes, yeah. it's like, you know what, you need to listen. <laughs> so Tara will call you out on your BS and it will help reinforce the things you already know in your heart. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I love everything that you just said. And there's three words that keep coming up for me. And that is clarification, reflection, and confirmation, right? right? So, and these are areas in our life where sometimes we really, okay, so one, I think we've become very disengaged from our true inner knowing, which is that intuition. And then also it doesn't help that there are people out there propagating lies about what intuition is. And that of course, just makes everything even harder, but your inner knowing, right? Your compass, that thing that peacefully gives you a holy yes, that sometimes we don't trust it, especially mm -hmm. when we know that the action is going to demand some sort of vulnerability um, or some sort of quote unquote destruction or uh, restructuring of our lives. So we can be a bit shy. It's kind of like you said, sometimes you'll pull a card, not like it, want to pull something else. And either you get the same card or something more strong. <laughs> Dude, I've yeah. been there. I mean, I've done that several <laughs> times and it's classic. Like every single time it just confirms again, confirmation. And it's because really what it is, it's a way, it's a tool for us to look at our unconscious and deepen our shadow work while understanding that these things are not necessarily set in stone and that the answers are within us. Ultimately, it's our choice. We have free will and mm -hmm. it is through our understanding and it is for our betterment and it is for our soul's highest self and highest good that we can step into action from a place of full awareness. And to me, that's what tarot deck does. And also, I'm going to take advantage of this and say, can we also provide a distinction from tarot and oracle decks for the listeners? Yeah, so this is one of the questions that I get asked the most for sure. Let's start with tarot because that's the more structured one. So tarot is a structured set of 78 cards, and it's divided between kind of two, I guess, sets, you could say there's 22 cards that are the major arcana. So those are going to be the cards that say like death, the star, the tower, the magician, kind of like the more face cards. Mm -hmm. And then within the minor arcana, those are kind of set up like a traditional deck of cards. You've got your kings, your queens, and your numbered cards. So every single tarot deck, no matter who created it or who illustrated it, will have like mostly those same ones. There are some um, tarot creators who will maybe add certain cards, like a couple of them, or they'll change the name. Like the Hierophant I've seen has been changed to <clears throat> maybe like the monk kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It's like a religion, it has a religious connotation. But overall, any tarot deck you have will have the same 78 cards. And the difference between tarot decks is going to be the illustrations on them. Mm -hmm. So how people interpret their meaning and how they interpret that artistically. And then they'll come with guidebooks, which will have, you know, some guidebooks have nicer interpretations of the cards. <laughs> some have more intense ones. So that's the difference between tarot decks. That is what tarot decks are all about. And then oracle decks, they're really just a free for all. It can be about anything. I have like, there's no set number of cards with an oracle deck. They can be cards that are just words or cards that are phrases. It's really up to the author to create their own structure. So it's an unstructured set of cards that's very different from oracle deck to oracle deck. They tend to have less cards, usually like 33 or 44. Whereas, like I said, the tarot has 78, so it's a lot more cards and they can be overwhelming. If you're interested in getting started, you can definitely start with Oracle deck. They're mm -hmm. um, a little bit more user friendly because you don't really have to know as much going into them because they are all different. So there's no way to memorize, you know, every single Oracle deck out there. So that's a great way to start. And I would say 
you didn't ask me about starting tarot, but <laughs> I'll say if somebody's interested in starting tarot, the deck that I would suggest is called the Rider Waite deck or the Rider Waite mm-hmm. Smith deck to pay homage to Pamela Coleman Smith. She was mm-hmm. the black artist who created the drawings that we reference when we're talking about the original tarot decks. So any deck that you see, like any modern tarot deck, the interpretation will be based off of Pamela Coleman Smith's original art for the mm-hmm. Rider Waite Smith deck. So I always tell people it's best to learn on that deck because that's where the interpretations come from. So you can look at her illustrations, which are very clear, and that's where you're going to get the meaning of the card. And then it's easier to see it translated other places. If you know the original meaning, you can think back to that original picture. Okay, what does this look like? What feelings does it evoke? What symbolism do I see? And then it's easier to be able to read other decks if you can read that first. It's known as like the first modern tarot deck. Yeah. And I mean, most of you will be familiar with it because it's the deck that most gets used for movies, television, things like those. Mm -hmm. That's always kind of like their go-to, which I think is great. Um, But also to... I think it's, I love this idea of getting started on the Oracle decks because that's how I started my journey with tarot, right? I picked up an Oracle deck that was all about the goddesses because of course, you know, that's my jam. (laughs) That's what I do. You're a soulful goddess. So that is, uh, that's how I started. And one thing that I immediately sort of came through was the sense of, yeah, these weren't specific um, images that were, you know, carrying a message that that you had to memorize or whatever. But what I started noticing was the picture would evoke something, just like you were mentioning. Mm-hmm. And that I think is one of the key things we need to really honor and really come back to is look, like we said, at the end of the day, this is a self-introspective tool. And part of the reasons why is because you can tap into your inner knowing and see this message and really it is going to evoke something in you, whether it is you see the imagery and it feels peaceful to you, or it feels vast and expansive, or it feels daunting and a little intimidating, or you feel it as a response in somewhere in your body, etc. And so for me, Oracle decks are easier that way because they carry imagery that is going to be very much attuned with already the way that your brain works, you know? And then the tarot is taking that a step further and going along with the imagery that you see, the sense, the the message that you are perceiving, but also knowing there is, for example, an underlying message. Like a lot of us have through the years got this really terrible connotation of the tarot, uh, the the death card as being like awful. (laughs) Whereas in fact, it's not, it's a beautiful card, right? But it's kind of consolidating that and start really changing perspectives and coming face to face with all of that. And um, I'll be honest with you. I am kind of kicking myself now, retro, you know, retroactively for not picking up that deck as my first because I work with a totally different deck and I love it though. The reason why that deck worked for me, and I will also hold space for this, when you go to a store and you see a deck, whether it's an Oracle deck or a tarot deck, if it calls to you, get it. There's mm-hmm. a reason behind it. So don't question it. Don't get all freaked out and don't go, oh, but they said, you know, start with this one. It's fine. These are suggestions, but your soul is going to know best. So my soul picked an entirely different one. But what's funny is because I'm not familiar with the writer weight uh, deck, <laughs> I, I look at the interpretations and I keep like, sometimes I'm like, wait a second, this feels different, you know, so I was like a long diatribe just to say all of that, just listen to yourself. Um, and then also too, let's talk a little bit about uh, reversals. Yes, because I think that this is also a point where people get super, super freaked out about stuff. Yeah, so there are some main ways to interpret reversals. Um, a lot of people think that it's just gonna be the opposite meaning of the card, which it can be. Mm-hmm. Um, reversed cards can also mean it's something that you need to look at within yourself because a lot of times tarot cards will tell us you know how we're interacting with others or how the world sees us how our actions are being perceived or like what we should do outwardly so it can be maybe something that you need to turn inward and look at um reversals can also mean that you have too much or too little of the Mm -hmm. energy of the original interpretation of the card, something that you need to work on. So those are kind of like the main ways that I will interpret reversals for people. It doesn't just have to mean 
you know, the opposite of the card. Right. There are more introspective ways um, to look at them. And I did want to say too, you know, you were talking about kicking yourself for not buying the Rider weight deck. <laughs> um, I didn't start working with that deck a lot, probably until like the last year or so. And I will say when I did start working with it, I was instantly a way better tarot reader because I understood and you know you don't have to pick that deck up if you're not somebody who's interested in like reading professionally or you're not trying to memorize all the cards like you know pick up whatever deck calls to you and I I do say to people also like get a deck that you feel like you really resonate with Mm -hmm. and then also get the Rider Waite Smith deck because it's only like twenty dollars and you know, if you want to pick the cards from the deck that you feel like you really resonate, pick those cards and then find the matching ones in the rider weight and then compare them. And, you Uh know, you can see the differences and pick those things out there. So yeah, I mean, my first deck wasn't the rider weight either. (laughs) So you're not alone in that. And (laughs) a lot of people aren't drawn to it because there are so many beautiful artistic decks that are coming out right now which is like pastel imagery and like sparkles and (laughs) all the things that we like in the Rider Waite deck they're very um like red green yellow black (laughs) like (laughs) they're they're very stark imagery that we tend to not be drawn to so much um so yeah don't worry if you didn't pick that deck up originally (laughs) it's okay I didn't either (laughs) no I agree with that and that's actually interesting because I do like that there are so many new like variations and interpretations of it to me it feels like we've pulled different elements from that and each of us has our own story to tell and now Mm -hmm. we're sharing that with the world that's the first thing the other thing is to you know at the end of the day, it's got to work for you. If it doesn't work for you, then there's no point mm-hmm. in trying to force it because you know, then it's not going to work. But I will say that is one of my goals for this year is to get myself a rider weight because I'm I'm excited about it and I really want to learn more from it, especially as knowing like the history behind and everything. And just like you were saying about paying homage and everything, because it's just so, I don't know, there's just so much richness to it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And, you know, if you look into the history more too of, Pamela Coleman Smith and um, the original, I think it was Waite, Arthur Waite, um, how they worked together. They were very into the, like the Freemasons. So they were, I think they were into like the Freemasons and they were, you know, sharing court with like these very prestigious authors that we think of now. And it's just like really, really interesting the way that they came about doing this deck. And it kind of came to the U.S., accidentally um, somebody brought it over and this man was selling it in his toy shop and then it kind of started gaining traction and it's it's just like a very fascinating history of how it didn't really get over here until you know a couple hundred years ago Mm -hmm. so it's not something that's um there, there's a lot of history surrounding what people think that it might be, it might have been from the ancient Egyptians and all that stuff which I don't think is the case there there's not really a set history if you look back it's kind of hard to find it because it, it came from so many different places a lot of uh, historians agree that it came from the Italian game called Taroki which was kind of like a fortune telling game so it did have that aspect to it but the way that we use it now is is not <laughs> like that exactly yeah so I definitely always encourage people to get curious and research so you know go out and find out about all of that and um each card would probably take us one whole episode to do. And since we don't (laughs) have 78 episodes right now, um, let's maybe one of my favorite things to do, as you could probably already see, is just help people clear some of the cobwebby stuff around our information. So Mm -hmm. let's look at some of the top, like, oh, no, why did I get this card cards, right? Let's start, for example, with the three of swords. That's one of my like... (laughs) that's one that I pull a lot and it's because a lot of times I bring up my own heartache when I when I'm not willing to inhabit a space and so I think that's why I've pulled it a lot in the past but I also know that people pull it and they immediately think it's going to mean a romantic heartbreak so let's take a closer look at that and kind of dismantle it a bit or maybe not dismantle but bring up some clarity for people Yeah. So starting off the suit of swords is going to be, if you pull any sword card, they're generally known as like the more difficult of the four suits. Mm -hmm. They tend to bring pain with them, no matter what card of swords you're looking at. 
And yeah, I think that's a misconception. Anything with a heart on it or anything that's generally has like romantic imagery, like the Knight of Cups, for example, is like this knight in shining armor card. Um, it doesn't have to be about romance. And that's where it gets a little bit difficult for people to interpret cards because you think, you know, for example, like I said, cups, cups are emotion and love. And then it's like, well, what if you pull a cups card for career? But anyway, I'm getting off uh, topic. So <laughs> oh, a little side <laughs> note as we get off topic two swords are all about the mind. But yes, go on. Yes. Yeah. So swords are um, about mind and clarity and thought. They're associated with the sign of air. So three of swords, like you said, it can be um, heartbreak or heartache for anything that's going on in your life, anything that's causing you pain. And I actually love the three of swords because one other thing too, that I didn't mention about reversals, look at the imagery when it's reversed. When you reverse the three of swords, the swords are actually falling out of the heart. Mm. So it's going to be something that is ending heartbreak and that you're going to be healing from. So I like that card. And I especially like pulling it reverse because it means that, okay, it's over. Like the swords, we're yanking them out of the heart. We're going to start he the healing process. Like we can move on from here. And with tarot too, a lot of the cards that have more um, like painful meanings all the time. And especially, I don't know if you were going to bring up the tower, but you had mentioned it oh, earlier. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll just say like the tower it's, it's destructive, but it's, it's good. Right. Yeah. So I'll, I'll leave the rest for, for that question. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like we can actually dive right into that if you want. Um, and just holding space for, I always say one of the things I love about the divine feminine essence, especially like in the form of what some people construe as wrongly, in my opinion, as the dark goddesses in terms of like evil, um, mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, Kali or Inanna or Lilith, that they can carry with them a destructive essence, but it's because they're recreating, right? So to me, the tower is that recreative essence. And I like getting the tower. I think it's like a good, hey, all of this is going to be uprooted. Something awesome is on the way. Oh my gosh. I love the tower. I'm like, yes, bring on the destruction, <laughs> pave the way for something better. And you know, if you, if you look at the tower imagery in the Rider Waite Smith deck, this big tower is built on like this very shaky ground and it's being brought down by only one strike of lightning. So it's something that wasn't built on a solid foundation. So um, and, and that feels like it's crumbling right now, right? The, the tower's on fire. People are jumping out of the tower. It's like very chaotic. The sky is black, which tarot, um, the sky actually has a lot of, mm -hmm. uh, symbolism when you look at it. If, if a sky is black, it's like, okay, it's, it's, this is going to hurt. Like no mm -hmm. matter what it's going to mm -hmm. hurt. Um, but the great thing about the tower is that it's something that wasn't quite aligned for you. Cause you you built your tower on shaky ground. So mm -hmm. the universe is going to knock that tower over so that you can have something more aligned. So divorce is um, a really big one that the tower comes up for. Yep. Um, maybe if you got fired from your job or, you know, if you're struggling financially, like when we have these really big life events, and that's another thing too, the tower is a major arcana card. And those cards are related to like our big karmic soul <laughs> life mm. lessons. Um, so when you have these really big events that feel like your whole world is coming down, the tower often comes up, but it's a good thing because it means that you're being like your path is being cleared for something that's even better for you. Exactly. It's redirection. I was actually, this is funny that it's coming up today because this whole week, conversations with clients and with friends and everyone one of the themes that keeps coming back up is this truth that rejection is just redirection and that mm -hmm. anything literally anything that falls away is meant to make room for something even better even if you don't see it even if it feels like it's the end of the world um it's really not there's something that goes before and after, right? Because I mean, we've got the tower in between. What is the card before and the card after? If I don't remember right now. Um, I'm not remembering the card before, but the card after I know is the star. Um, oh, and yeah. that, yeah, yeah, is uh, one of my favorite cards <laughs> because it's about hope and re renewal is one of mm -hmm. the biggest words for that. So it's like, after everything's been cleared down, you have this hope and this renewal and this like new connection to spirit. Yeah, it's powerful, powerful stuff. So, okay, we've looked at two of the of the big ones and let's look at the big one that like Hollywood yeah. always overuses, right? Death. 
So let's yes. talk about that a little bit. Okay. I love death too, because it's kind of similar um, to the tower in that death is a card of endings, but it's a card of transformation and transition. So mm-hmm. death does not mean somebody is going to die. Um, it means something in your life will be ending. A chapter will be closing. So it can be pulled similarly to, um, those situations that I just mentioned, like divorce or getting fired from your job. The tower stuff tends to feel way more like earth shattering, Mm -hmm. whereas death, I feel it's kind of more like sad. Um, Mm -hmm. it just feels like something in your life is coming to a close. And, you know, sometimes I'll pull the death card for relationships and it doesn't have to mean the relationship is going to end. It just means that if you want to stay in this relationship, something has to change, right? Mm-hmm. Some part of the way that you guys communicate or, or something has to come to an end, has to come to a close. You have to transform into something new if you want this to be able to stay. And it, you know, it can be a good card, you know, maybe you guys have been fighting or there's something that you guys need to communicate better with. And it's like, okay, that old relationship is dying. We're going to work together to build something new. So even the cards that have a more negative like connotation or negative imagery, they don't have to mean that negative things are coming because we always have free will. And that was something that you mentioned too. Um, like, and that's also another reason we can't predict the future because we have free will, right? So tarot is going to give you a way to look at this and say like, okay, if it doesn't change, yeah, this will be an ending, but I have this opportunity right now to look within and to change. Like if I don't want it to be an ending, it doesn't have to be like death is telling me it can be a transformation rather than an ending. Mm -hmm. I like the word transformation and also transition, like you mentioned, you know, and Mm -hmm. in the process of transitioning, I think sometimes is that's the space, or this is what my yoga practice has taught me, where we lose our connection most often. So but adding a lot of awareness and really paying attention and going deep and allowing for the transition to move as it needs to actually changes the whole spectrum of it. So I really, really like that. Also, just thinking in terms of the other thing we we haven't had a chance to get into yet but it's there is also an importance to the positioning of the cards you know like how does it relate to the one before it and how does it relate to the one after it in terms of how the whole spectrum is looking like if you're pulling more than one card at a time yeah so I love tarot because it's like a story and I was a literature major in college like one of my favorite favorite things is looking at a story and deconstructing it and looking at the symbolism and finding out what does it all mean. And when I think of tarot, tarot is like a picture book and every card is a different page. And every time you do a reading, you're putting together a new story and it's up to you to interpret, you know, how that looks. So um, when you're pulling cards, when you put them in order, you know, you can do like a past, present, future, and you're getting kind of like a full story there. You can pull cards on top of each other, um, which is something that I like to do to get Mm. a more clear picture. So it's often difficult to pull one card and get a good idea of something Mm -hmm. that's going on. You're going to have to pull two or three. And from there, you can put all those things together and create a new story. Oh my gosh. I love it so much. It's like making me so excited (laughs) talking about this (laughs) because like I said, I just love, um, interpreting things so much And tarot is the story that you get to, you know, lay out for yourself, you you and your heart and your soul kind of work together and you can figure it out. I love that. No. And that's why I wanted you to come into this particular episode, because I, I know your passion for this. I know you get as excited about it as I do. And so I figured this would be like really good to share. Um, and yeah, it's true. At the end of the day, it's we have choice and we have creative authority over our own lives. So that's something always to keep in mind. And sometimes your own inner guide will also tell you like, oh, OK, I pulled this in reversal, but it doesn't feel like it's about me necessarily. And it doesn't feel like it's the opposite of what this was going. And if you look at the grand scheme, you're like, oh, okay. It just kind of pulled reverse, but I can actually apply it right side up too. So there's so much, I bring all of this up because I want to honor the fact that there's so much nuance to this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I think maybe that's another reason why I love tarot so much, because to me, my, my deep seated understanding of the divine feminine has always been that there's flux there's flux and we really 
trying to contain that energy in a little cage and define it as just this or just that doesn't work for a reason. And to me, tarot is very similar. Yeah, definitely. And it's funny that you say this in my membership that I have, we, I have like a VIP part of the membership too. We have a monthly meeting and in this month, it was just a couple of days ago, our meeting, and we did a tarot session together with all of us. And I helped them like interpret the cards and do readings. And one of the, I had created this spread for all of us to do together. And one of the things was um, something that I need to release. And one of the women in the group had pulled the Knight of wands, which is a card of like excitement and adventure and it also has this kind of childlike innocence quality about yeah. it. And she was confused. She's like, why do I need to release this? And I was kind of confused too. I was like, I don't know, this doesn't really make sense. Like, can you pull another card on top of it? So she pulled the six of cups, which is a card, one of the few cards with children on it. Another card that has to relate to childhood things. Mm -hmm. It can be about living in the past, um, inner child healing. And I was like, okay, this makes a lot of sense. Like, what happened in your childhood that's coming up right now for you? And she was like, oh, well, and then, you know, kind of went uh -huh. on this thing. So it is very, um, you know, some, like you said, it's very nuanced. It can mean one thing or the other, and it's up to you and your intuition to be able to hone in on what that is. And sometimes pulling other cards can help when you start to see a similar theme that's coming up. Agreed. And you know, what's actually really funny, and I don't know if this has happened to you. So I bring it up out of curiosity for like my own knowing is sometimes <laughs> you can, in my experience, pull cards for someone else. Like I've done this a few times accidentally. And I'm always like, wait, what? No, this sounds more like about that person in my life. Um, you mean like accidentally tapping into somebody else's energy? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that hasn't happened to me or something, but it's happened to me like three or four times. <laughs> no, you know, I wouldn't say that's happened to me. I'm pretty good about like tuning in to other people's energy, but what, like something that has happened is like this woman one time had bought a reading from me on her relationship with her boyfriend. And she was like, you know, things are going really well. Like, I just want to know what the future is going to be like. And it was a couple of days later that I ended up doing the reading. And I remember I pulled the 10 of swords, which is like, the imagery is this person like being stabbed yeah. with these 10 swords and they're, clear, they're clearly deceased. And I was like, I'm feeling like the relationship is over, but it's weird because she said it's going really well. So I, you know, I sent her her reading back and I was like, I'm just getting these vibes that it's ending or things aren't going really well. And she was like, oh yeah, we broke up yesterday. Oh, wow. So oh, <laughs> it's crazy. just like, it's weird how that can happen. Or, you know, I'll be doing a reading for somebody and I like this intuitive message will come up and I'll be like, this isn't making sense to me, but I just feel like I need to say this to you. Mm -hmm. And then they'll always come back and be like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. So, you know, it really is about trusting like your intuition to tell you the messages that are coming through and, you know, not being worried if, if you're wrong or if it doesn't make sense to somebody, um, trusting that you'll be guided to say the right thing and to interpret it the correct way. Yeah. Oof, and that's so hard. I mean, if we have a difficult, and I think that this is why there are stages, right? We've got, mm, I do, I, I try not to use the word have to because it's so energetically heavy, but we benefit, there we go. We benefit from developing a keen relationship and healed relationship with self first before we can start trusting sort of external, right? Because trusting your guides or trusting your gut or trusting source sometimes is unreachable because we haven't learned how to trust that in ourselves first. And so in this kind of work, trusting, for example, like, you know, I'm going to use myself as the example, like I pulled this card for my friend because apparently I had an energy leak that day and <laughs> calling, calling them and being, hey, um, checking in because I pulled this and I think it's about you and them going, oh my God, yes, or no, until they actually do come across it, whatever it is, or even mm -hmm. if they don't, but trusting that that's there for a reason and that your clarity about something and your intuition about something and your inner knowing about something is coming from a reliable source. That's hard for a lot of people. Oh my gosh, that's so true. And like you said, on, in the last episode together, we talked about, you know, healing, healing our bodies and healing our, ourselves. And I have a history with eating disorders and I was, you know, bulimic and, and healing from that. And tarot is actually one of the tools that helped me learn to trust my body because I had started getting into tarot when I 
moved to Canada, which is when I had started my healing journey with my eating disorder or when it really like started gaining traction more so. Mm -hmm. Um, and tarot was one of the tools that helped me trust my body because I would do readings and it would like confirm my intuition. So it, by confirming kind of like that soul aspect of myself, I was like, okay, if this part is right, like I can trust my physical being, like we're connected. So it's funny that you say that because tarot did play such a huge part in helping me to heal my issues with my body and learning that I could actually trust myself. Mm-hmm. It's super important. I'm glad we're talking about this today. And I think there's reasons, but I'm not going to get on a soapbox. All I'm going to say <laughs> is, or I'll try not to, but what I will say is for the listeners, always tune in with yourself and check with how it feels for you. And if something is being presented to you as being quote unquote, intuitive, but it is asking that you restrict, don't listen to, bypass, ignore, or even run away from yourself, your true self in any way, it's BS. Yeah, 100%. And I'll, I'll get people, (coughs) sorry, Um, I'll, I'll get people who message me on Instagram and they'll, you know, send me a screenshot of like, oh, this person, you know, said that they're tapping into my energy, but I need to pay them $50 for them to clear this, this demon that's attached to me. Like, what should I do? And I'm like, anybody with a conscience and with a soul is not going to be doing that. Like, that's not your intuition. That's not your higher self. That's not real witchcraft, real magic, real anything. That's somebody who's trying to get your money. So yeah, if it doesn't feel right, it's not right. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad you brought that up too. Because that's a big one too. I've seen so many of these types of energetic outputs out there like, oh, you've got a curse on you. That's why you can't make money. I'll, you know, come (laughs) with me, pay me like $5 billion and I'll help you. And I'm like, what? No. Or as long as we're talking about ethical stuff, you know, how you said, oh, I can't tap into your boyfriend's energy for you. (laughs) It's like, Mm -hmm. um, I can't, it's not ethical. Also, let's talk, try not to take anyone's free will away when you're doing your spell work. And that has nothing to do with tarot. So if I just said that and you're like, what in the world is going on? It's just a side note. I don't know why I'm feeling like I need to say it. So it's out there. (laughs) (laughs) No, I totally agree. And when I actually just did a love spell workshop where we did three different kinds of love spells. And at the beginning, I kind of gave a little, you know, speech about using ethics and magic. And I I do get people also that are like, can you help me do a love spell to get this, this person to like me or to get Mm. this blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, I can't ethically do that. Like we don't take away free will and magic. Um, I know, like you said, we're not talking about ethics and free will, but if you do want to do a love spell, do a self-love spell, do a love spell to strengthen your relationship, do a love spell to release, you know, a hold that you feel like your ex has on you. But yeah, we can't do things where we try to entrap other people because first of all, it's probably not going to work. But if it does work, um, it's not going to end up good. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Big consequences for like involved that you don't even know about. Like that's baffling to me. And we're probably I mean, we're all yeah, we're talking about tarot. But I think that this applies too because I'll bring it around in this way. If you are coming up to the tarot reader or to the tarot yourself with this big, desperate need to confirm that they are never going to leave you and they are always going to be with you and that they are going to come back to you or that they're going to be by your side, ah, that's already your answer. <laughs> like, yes. if, yeah, that's already there. Yeah. And I follow um, Marissa Lace on Instagram. Um, She talks, she does a lot of like relationship stuff. And I remember she had like a question and answer kind of thing where people would submit questions. And somebody said like, how do you know when it's time to end relationship with your boyfriend? And her response was when you're asking the opinion of strangers Mm -hmm. on the internet. (laughs) So it's like, if you're coming to somebody for that, like, again, you already know. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. A lot of this is, again, it's innately in you. You have the possibility of getting better and more like well attuned to listen to yourself this is one way in which we can do that so if you're curious about it definitely explore don't be afraid if you do get one of these quote-unquote scary cards don't panic because by the way 
I've pulled the six of swords and the ten of swords a lot too in my life. And, (laughs) (laughs) uh, you know, there's always something to be learned from your own understanding of things. So you can lean into that as well. Yes, definitely. And, you know, I know that tarot can be overwhelming to try to get into and it's like, oh, well, this person is such a good reader. And part of part of what makes you a good reader isn't something that you can necessarily like learn from a book like we've been talking about. It's just trusting your intuition. Uh-huh. And you're able to do that more and more the more that you practice. So nobody goes into tarot knowing the meaning of the 78 cards already. Like it's a lot of cards. It's almost 80 cards <laughs> to try to like wrap your head around. Um, but just continue practicing. And when you do that, you'll you're be able to trust your intuition more, which will make readings a lot easier. And that's the thing that makes you a good reader. You know, memorizing a a card meaning from a book, it doesn't help you if you can't interpret it correctly, if you're not able to see the nuance in it. Mm -hmm. So those are the kind of things that are really going to help you connect to other people and give them readings that resonate with them and help provide them tools that they can walk away from the reading from. And that's um, to work with. And that's the thing that I really love about tarot and that I don't see being done very often. Um, And that I think is why a lot of people come to me for readings is because I don't only tell you what the card means. I tell you how you can use this in your life Mm -hmm. because I know so often people will get readings and they're like, okay, thanks. But like, what do I do now? (laughs) Kind of thing. So um, that's another big part of tarot is like, how can I actually use this in my real life? Which is the theme of like my whole business is like magic and witchcraft and tarot. Like how do we use this in real life? Like on a day-to-day practical basis. Mm-hmm. I love that. And no, don't feel badly if you're getting started and you're referring back to the book for interpretations, or even if you've been doing this for a long time, but you're just unclear and need to gain more clarity. That's fine. Like Sam said, I mean, that is 78 cards. That's a lot. And there's so much little richness to it, richness and nuance, because you've got the color of the sky. You've got the direction, something's pointing. You've got like the thing that it tells you and your body and where you feel. I mean, like there's so many different ways to get into it and to really tap into the message that it's just abundant. You know, there's an abundance of stuff. So if, if you feel like, you know what, I'm going to pause here, go back, take a look at my book, then allow this to sink in and let my intuitive knowing tell me where it's going, then I will do that. Then that's fine too. Oh my gosh, for sure. And there's, like you said, there's so much on each card and I still will see new things on cards, maybe that I don't pull very often, you know, or be able to like see it in a new light. And yeah, like when I was starting to interpret tarot and do readings for people, I was still referencing a book. Like it's okay to reference a book because that gives you a base. And like you said, from there, you can kind of go with your intuition. If you know, like the base meaning of the card, but you can't learn without referencing a book really, um, to begin with. So like, Mm -hmm. there's no shame in doing that. And you don't, have to have memorized all 78 cards in order to do readings for people also like if you're somebody who's really in tune with your intuition but you're not you know that familiar with tarot you can probably still give somebody a reading that's going to be helpful and beneficial to them even with looking at a book you know if you're able to intuitively like transcribe those meanings to somebody else as well so yeah I mean don't feel like you have to be the world's best tarot reader in order to practice and use the cards Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, start with like with everything, it's a practice. Start little by little and take your time to lean into what works for you, what doesn't work for you, and really explore and get curious and just go from there. Also, cautious, you know, if someone is making you big promises, this is exactly how it's going to go in your life. This is exactly <laughs> how it's not going to happen. Just be careful. <laughs> Yes, definitely. And when somebody will ask, like, you know, I'm not sure if I should take this job or not. What I like to do is I'll, I'll do a reading for them and I'll say, okay, let's look at what the potential energy is like. If you don't take it, what the potential energy is like, if you do take it. And from there, you can decide what feels more aligned for you. You know, I'm not doing a reading, doing a reading. And I'm like, well, this is what you're going to choose kind of thing. <laughs> we look at both aspects. How, how does each path feel? And then from there, you can make that choice that feels most aligned. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love all of this, Sam. So um, before I let you go, actually, where can the listeners find you and connect with you? 
So I am on Instagram. That's the main place that I hang out. Sam, the cosmic witch, just exactly as it is. No underscores or anything like that. Um, I am on Instagram pretty much every day. I do daily draws where I help interpret the cards. If you want to get a tarot reading from me, samthecosmicwitch.com, or I also have the link in my bio on Instagram is where you can book one. Mm-hmm. And your membership as well, which everybody can check out. Yes. <laughs> and then um, also, and I asked you this question last time you were in, but let's see what new information comes through. As I ask, what is your advice for the listeners on ways to become empowered and uplifted? Ooh, I would say... Um, all the stuff we've been talking about, about listening to your intuition and tuning into your body. And, you know, like I had mentioned, one of the ways that I do this with people when I'm doing readings for them is I'll say, I'm going to ask you a question. Where do you feel this in your body? Like, where do you feel the response? Like, do your shoulders shrug? Do you feel butterflies? Does your foot start to tap? Um, so really asking yourself those type of questions and seeing what the physical response is, because that's, you know, that's your body talking to you. And a lot of times we just don't listen to it. (laughs) So getting in touch with your intuition that way. Huge, huge. And I love that so much. Now, if you want to get just a little bit more time with Sam and myself, go to the Patreon and check it out. Because if you become a supporter, you get free extra episodes. If you haven't done that, do that. And Sam, in the meantime, thanks for joining me again. All right. Thank you so much for joining us for today's conversation. I hope that you learned so much about tarot and I really would love to hear more about all the things that you learned during this conversation. So feel free to email me info at yoursoulfulgoddess.com. And again, you can always find me on Instagram at yoursoulfulgoddess. Don't forget about our intuitive party tomorrow at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. Registration for that can be found on my Instagram, but you can also email me. Again, that's info at yoursoulfulgoddess.com. And get ready for next week's episode. It's going to be wonderful. I hope you have a lovely rest of your day.